Alrighty, welcome back everybody to the Fault Line Podcast. My name is Alex Davis, and I'm mostly human now. Um, I'm at home though, but in, in the office in Rethink Towers, our esteemed editor, Tommy Flanagan. Hello, do you want to explain why you're at home? Yeah, I might do, but um, also Raffi's <laughs> there as well, aren't you Raffi? <laughs> yes, I'm at home because I'm uh, COVID positive, and in, you know, what I'm sure many people will immediately go, oh, you know, I could have told you that would happen. Um, yeah, Rafi and I went to Mobile World Congress, and then I managed to catch COVID on the way back, but Rafi was on a different flight and didn't catch COVID. Um, so, yeah, I've been poorly sick. Uh, so It's trade show flu now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I thought I'd got away with it, actually, on that point. I thought, oh, all this hand-washing and wearing masks and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm finishing the show. I don't feel bad. I've I've avoided trade show flu. And then, yeah, flew back Friday... And then Sunday morning, the you know the two little lines on the test is like, oh, brilliant! <laughs> Buckle up, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that wasn't fun. Don't recommend it. Um, yeah. So. But I have um, come back from Staines, not quite as exotic as Barcelona, but I've come back from Staines, COVID-free. Um, um, before I indulge you in that um, little excursion. Uh, earlier this week, I'd just like to have a little proud, soppy editor moment. Um, you know, the reason I get this like overwhelming sense of achievement, a bit of relief every Thursday, not every Thursday, most Thursdays, is just uh, look at that lineup of headlines. No one else in the world has got these stories, and there's loads of them. A 15,000 word issue this week, Ooh. 14 stories, of which 11 are 100% fault line originals. No one else has got them. I think that's quite phenom- phenomenal. So, anyway, this Stain's um, outing um, on Tuesday this week was to Cinemedia headquarters. And anyone who's thinking, oh, here we go again, it's another Cinemedia show. Well, when you invite me to an event somewhere where, you know, you can catch up with familiar faces and most of your leadership team take the time out to brief members of the press, then you'll get the attention that deserves too. But this is Faultline. That means there isn't all blowing smoke about free lunches. But there's obviously our cynical edge too, and we've broken out. Um, we got so much copy from this um, uh, event. Uh, it was about four hours in total. Um, that I've had to break out out into into three separate stories. So we've got our lead story, which is insights into CEO side of things. We've got another from the CTO side of things, and we've got another exclusive on some security strategy stuff. So. The reason um, the CEO uh, story was our lead is because, as some listeners might know, might know I've been trying to get hold of Paul Segra um, for 18 months, and he hasn't um, made many appearances. Um, but my favourite part of the whole um, kind of event was that the first question that I asked Paul was about whether the the Iris ad tech division, the addressable advertising technology arm, is his favourite because this was his, his Go to example throughout the odd the twenty odd minutes that he had the mic, and I said I said to him that parents can't have favourites, and obviously that triggered some very swift backpedalling, which was very funny. But what that did is it kind of set the the tone for the rest of the presentations, and there was a, like the odd jibe here and there from from other executives and um, product managers about their teams being the real favourite. So I really enjoyed seeing that kind of healthy a bit of internal competition. The 
that I accidentally <laughs> triggered with a bit of a pot stirring with the with the CEO, which is great. But the kind of the underlying message, reading into it a bit more um, about why Iris was his go-to example and why it's so popular with Paul, when it clearly makes a, a minuscule contribution in terms of revenues because it's only got two customers, is that it ha- it's kind of seen as this sort of poster child for Cinemedia's new streaming era push and the broader multi-tenant SaaS model switch that that represents and together with the the cost structure um, change that he's initiated that expands the addressable market to much, much smaller customers than the old very domain-heavy Cinemedia, building these monolithic systems for tier ones and tier zeros. And a really good example of that is that in the first six weeks of this year alone, Iris dropped in 130 new features for cross-platform adjustable advertising, which is crazy. Um, Cinemedia plans to release 10 new products this year, according to Paul. Um, and he described this uh, feature velocity, he called it. Apparently, customers are really enjoying that, which is unsurprising at that rate. So uh, I mentioned a minute ago that Iris has only picked up two customers since launching in August last year which, I mean, doesn't sound very impressive to customers in that time. But um, it was interesting that we were treated by CTO Nick Dexton to news on the exact same day. We were were all there gathered in this room um, with a bunch of journos and analysts that um, Iris had just that day finalised a deal with its second customer. He wasn't naming names. The first customer um, a few months ago was Astro Malaysia. And the new one is, uh, to quote, a very significant tier one that suits Cinemedia. That's all the detail we've got. But the significance of that very significant tier one is that while Astro took the full suite, this new client is taking just the OTT elements. And that's why they're so buzzing, because it signals that it's getting recognition finally for streaming capabilities. So it's a pay t- traditional pay TV customer just taking the OTT capabilities of Iris. So it's a big step. For, for Cinemedia. Um, and for Nick's uh, Q&A session, I jumped, jumped straight in and asked him the obligatory question whether um, Paul has axed Cinemedia Go because that's just vanished off the face of the earth. Um, apparently that's not the case. It's going to be re-released at NAB when the modularity is ready. So, I mean, I expressed, I made sure the whole room knew I was very disappointed that it's over a year behind schedule. Um and there were a few chuckles there, but he said he'd rather it be ready than not. So we'll have to see it um, next month. And finally, Yale from the security side of things made a very compelling case for her team being Paul's favourite child. But the most interesting takeaway for me from that presentation, and uh, she threw in a, a few demos as well, which was which was cool. Again, in the Q and A session, is asked that is Cinemedia. Um, analyzing the uh, the Verimatrix zero code injection stuff, which is uh, it's making a lot of noise about. And she said that actually, yeah, they are analyzing a sort of alternative route into app protection, which is a very, very complicated thing. Um, and I mean, Verimatrix, Verimatrix's Stream Keeper suite does sound like a really impressive bit of kit. So Cinemedia's service guard. Um, Sweet as um, I think it's got its work cut out, but yeah, she didn't. She wasn't given much away in terms of um, how or what they're going to do um, to rival the zero code injection. She said it's not going to be zero code injection. It's just going to be an alternative route into that, which to me kind of says that they don't really know yet how they're going to do it, but they want to do it. So 
anyway, circling back to Paul, uh, before he retook his seat, um, which was just in front of me, I I promised him that I'd stop <laughs> referring to him in in Faultline as the elise, elusive uh, CEO. Um, and he said, oh, can I get that in writing? So now we officially do have it in writing as well as podcast format. Well, that is unless he goes another 18 months without talking to uh, anyone. And I thought I'd mention actually on the <laughs> on the train back from Staines to Bristol, my old man called me and uh, I explained that uh, I was on the train back from a work event in Staines. And he said, oh, Spain, nice. What have you been doing there? Obviously, that made me laugh, and I thought that that segues us perfectly to hand the mic over to people who have actually recently just got back from Spain, not Staines. So I should uh, now tell listeners, actually, that it's cause for celebration, because after joining us, what, over two years ago, Rafi, um, he finally been to his first trade show, or any industry event for that matter, so... I mean, yeah, I guess we should have a little bit of a Mobile World Congress chat because we didn't get to do that last week and maybe start with this, what people really want to know, which is the social aspect. Did you get to um, to party, free drinks, free food, that kind of stuff? Not no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was not much at all in the way of uh, networking. Um, we... Where did we go? We went to a... There was one Mavenir thing. Mavenir, yeah. I had to, I had to they had really good canapes. you in. Yeah, they did. Uh, and I was the that only was one nice. eating them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, smashed a few glasses of wine at Mavenir. There was a Qualcomm thing, which was... It was billed as this, um, oh, all our GMs will be there. So, you know, it's an analyst open house. You can turn up and... and Ask them questions. You're like, oh, cool. So, but so that that was another problem this year is that the GSMA has done away with the badges. So, like in previous years, you could like, you know, quietly scope a room out and be like, do I recognise any of these names from my inbox? And and like that was your way in. But this year there weren't any. So you just turn up and like try and find somebody. And and then you know you, you find like someone who vaguely knows what's going on. You say, oh, is there anyone here who can you know? I could talk to you about video. Like, no. Bluetooth? You're like, well, if it's the only thing here, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a Qualcomm thing, a Mavenir thing. Thursday felt quite dead. Um, but no, like, not even, like, uh, handing out leaflets for, you know, stuff in hotels. It was, like, very sort of six o'clock, that's it, go home. Um, so the Red Hat, Red Hat was cool. At least disappointing. I, I mean, I suspect yeah. that I probably already had more invites to do's and stuff um, for NAB in over a month's time than you went to in oh, yeah. Barcelona, yeah. which isn't um, a great introduction for Rafi, but ease him in gently. Yeah. Well, I mean, on on that point, like previous years, um, you know, two weeks out from the show, you're like turning people down for interviews because mm. you've run out of of time, and this year. Um, that definitely wasn't the case. Even like when we tapped up our sort of customer lists, like the, we we didn't get much from that, and it was really like proactive on our part to try and get meetings with people. And like, sure, Mobile World Congress isn't isn't like a a video show, but there is a lot of video there, sort of behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, we we had to do a few trolls. Yeah. So on that, do you think? I mean, we have commented every year since we've gone that it is less and less relevant for Faultline. Do you think? 
I mean, obviously I won't be going next year, but do you think you will want to go again next year? Both of you? I, I think that it's important to get a perspective from mobile networks, because that, that isn't something that we ever got from IBC, really. I'd argue, even from IBC, you don't get much on the broadband side, but that might have changed since I was last there. Like, IBC was very much... Um, and I've never been to NAB, obviously. Tommy's been to NAB uh, once or twice, I think. Um, but, like, IBT was like, hey, here's a hall full of, like, you know, cameras. Here's one full of, you know, dishes for backhaul. And, you know, it was, it was very segmented. So you could, like, if you didn't know something, you could learn a hell of a lot from it. But Mobile Congress was... It's never really been that. It's always been about smartphones and networks. And, like, when we were doing the IoT stuff, um, you know, there's a lot of that there. Um, so I, I don't know, I think, yeah, as more people watch video on phones, and as more people watch video out and about, and, you know, 5G, user-generated content, uploading, that kind of thing, I think, yeah, it is important to go to, because there isn't really alternative. And then, I guess, like, just circling back, um, Kabul Congress was probably the closest thing there was to, like, a, like a dedicated fixed-line show. I love that you put the accent on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that one which is, is which that's is no, dead now. No more, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I was talking that uh, uh, to Goran about that, CSI Goran, on Tuesday about Cable Congress. It's one of our favourite shows. It's some um, great parties there and yeah, great, um, great conferences, great sessions. But, yeah, it's now Cable Europe's been rebranded as Giga Europe, so and there's been no word whether there's going to be a Giga Congress or not. I did actually email someone from Giga Europe a couple of weeks ago and did not hear back. So <laughs> I don't know if that's happening or not. Anyway, yeah. Rafi, yeah. do you want to go back next year? Uh, it didn't feel completely irrelevant. Like I definitely had. I think both both of us had a lot of chats that were good, but I guess the two of us maybe it felt was spread like there was uh, too little stuff for two of us to have a full week of in-depth conversations really but i don't know if that will change next year once people start coming back because definitely a lot of the companies i emailed especially like a lot of the european operators just said like it's or it, it didn't i think it was european operators and their staff were in countries that weren't spain but i just you know certain tier ones were like oh it's company policy that we can't move countries for work even if the company was attending um they wouldn't be allowed if they were in like germany for example or whatever um so I think, I don't know, it's hard to say really, because uh, there definitely were, I don't know, at least a third of the third to half the people I reached out to just didn't end up coming because of COVID-related reasons. And I guess just for as it's Rafi's first show, like, from a kind of outsider's perspective, um, yeah, like, what did you think of the trade show as like a, like a business opportunity or like a learning opportunity, like? Uh, learning. I mean, as well. I mean, I, we weren't really going in a business sense. Like, they were, we, you know, we weren't doing like billion-dollar deals. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no. Le- I don't know. It's nice being able to have just multiple chats with people, like with five different people in a day, and then join the dots of different things you've heard from them. And it's just a much more organic process. Um, and yeah, just speaking to people in real life is always nicer. Um, that's yeah, that's. No, yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you actually. That has completely slipped my mind. Is that see when I first started going to trade shows, it was all about perfecting your um, interview techniques. And right at the end, you'd kind of go, "Oh yeah, I'm 
well, if you're not a subscriber, uh, you should check out Faultline. It's really good. And we also have this thing called Ruthie TV. It's really good. And that was it. And just, um, yeah, it just it takes quite a while to 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 learn that you've got to put have your have your Jono hat on and then have your sales hat on as well. Because otherwise, your actual salespeople will be uh, uh, unhappy with you. So. So I yeah. get the impression that you weren't really. I would not that we'd expect you to have your. your no, I was. No, yeah, I, yeah, no, I was. I just that was kind of like a minor part of all the conversations. I guess it's like you know, it only takes like one minute to say all that, and then you get down into the details of something else. Good, um, yeah, because I'd, I'd make an absolutely terrible salesperson. Yeah, thankfully, Roz is a scenes. we'd all fail. Another important question is how many business wire pens did you get? I'm, I know oh. our, li- our listeners will, will want to know all about that. No, absolutely zero. And worse, no. worse that little section, the quiet section opposite the media room, which is like really convenient if there's a big queue in the media room, um, that was all like government ministerial stuff. So you, we weren't even allowed in there. Um, as as press but i mean it wasn't too bad because like in past years the you know the, the press room gets full so there's queues for water queues for coffee queues for the box so like that sneaky little bit with all the business wire pens in that that was a, a nice little quiet relaxation room but no not anymore it was uh off limits Shame. which is a bit strange yeah oh um, another thing that um i asked rafi um when he got back is whether he, he wrote any of his stories um when he was drunk and he was kind of like no, why would I do that? I was like, well, didn't you know about our company motto? It's right drunk, edit sober. And he'd never heard of it. So I'm really sorry that we never told you about that, Rafi. I'm sure you'll rectify can, it um, at future shows. I'm going to continue to ignore that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea. Our boss um, stole it from somewhere, didn't he? Um, a famous writer with yeah, a big shotgun. Not George Orwell. It was someone, no. No, it's someone else. The Huntsman. Something like that, yeah. Right this is embarrassing it. for a literature graduate. Yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember his name. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've read some of my, my best stuff drunk. So I kind of wake up the next morning and read it. You go, that's genius. <laughs> I could, never could have written that with a clear head. And sometimes you go, oh, that might as well be a hieroglyphics. That's absolutely unintelligible. But um, so sometimes you get one or the other. Like this charting, like the slow decline of your handwriting through the day as you like try oh, and recall yeah. what you wrote down. God, <laughs> you're like, wait, I appear to have slipped into Cyrillic or something here. Oh, well, that wasn't as bad as I imagined. I thought I was gonna have a really hard time <laughs> writing by hand the whole time, but it, it was fine, even That's with minimal good. practice. Touch wood. I've never um, done something that our CEO does. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this podcast, but he might do. Is actually lose his notepad after a oh, few yeah. days at a show with days worth of notes in it like yeah. 20 30 interviews just evaporated he hasn't written thankfully any of them up yet in... yeah. <laughs> thankfully he's got a good recall yeah i'd be yeah. lost yeah he's got a bit of a elephant memory yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no it was uh, it was weird it was yeah it was quiet so it was quite nice and it's like if you had all the exhibitors that we would normally expect there but like that level of crowd, it would actually be almost like enjoyable rather than just like a constant low level stress of like trying to fight your way through like people to get to the next place. But uh, yeah, I, I spent a while asking everyone I met like, oh, did you come last year, like 2021? And there were a few people who said it was it was awful. Like you had to test to get into the venue, and then if you tried to leave, you had to test again. Couldn't like no handshakes. Couldn't couldn't give anything out. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we skipped 2021 for sure. But 2022, yeah, it was it was a bit strange. Yeah, it would be interesting how IBC is, you know, six months removed kind of thing. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, obviously, um, the states is going to be be a bit more lenient. Um, there's uh, no masks. Well, people will be wearing masks, but they're not mandatory for NAB. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure come September, it might mostly be back to normal. But um, speaking of the states, actually, I know as this um, this podcast gone completely off its usual structure. Um, because um, I, I heard on a podcast recently that apparently most Americans don't know about the term break America, which is something we use a lot in Faultline when we're writing about companies who want to break America, want to want to make money in America because that's where all the money is. So we use it quite a lot. And apparently they see it as some sort of hostile term to, <laughs> to harm their country. It's like a threat. Break America. And I, that, that's probably not true for like our audience, business savvy um, yeah. um, American audience. But I mean, that gave me some sort of food for thought about some of the many other Britishisms that probably slip into Faultline that we we don't know about, even though we're trying to we're trying to pretend to be an American publication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, colloquialisms, yeah. just confusing second language English readers. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's quite a few. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That must be a music term, right? That's that's what kind of yeah, to break America is to go out and sell albums and tour. Yeah, or crack America. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's any better. <laughs> Destroy no. America. Whoa, yeah. now we've just lost a lot of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> And something actually I wanted to bring up on last week's podcast, but we didn't do one. I know we don't talk about consumer technology, but I had a little personal kind of small victory um, last week, which I've already told everyone in the company about. Um, but we were woken up last week in the in the middle of the night, one, a, one in the morning um, to be uh, precise, by uh, this absolutely just, just piercing wailing. It was just getting progressively louder and louder. Eventually we realised... Thankfully, to our relief, it's not coming out of the baby monitor. It's, in fact, coming from the front garden. And um, for anyone who's heard foxes uh, fornicating before, or maybe just playing, I don't know what they were doing, but it was horrible. You would know, you would know what we were going through. And because of the beauty of consumer technology and having a ring doorbell, I could tell them to... Uh, I probably shouldn't swear too much on this podcast. To go away in a much ruder... Um, uh, fashion from the comfort of my own bed without ever having to leave so that was just a personal technology victory so yeah cheers to that Amazon don't really ever thank Amazon but. oh I didn't realise you were in your own bed I thought yeah. I thought you were out the door no just just uh. through my phone just fire up the app I said get the F out oh wow <laughs> and they did uh, and they shut yeah. up and they left lovely little foxes yeah. polite little creatures so <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, this my, my video one was. Way um, oh yeah, yeah, no, this is right off. But <laughs> <laughs> no, like my video one was, um, yeah, the, the dude trying to hide his uh, his cannabis stash in my garden. Oh god, yeah. That was a fiasco. Um, yeah, lively, lively nighttime. Uh, <laughs> on that note, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, probably. I think <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> so anyway, this has been a weird podcast, everybody. If you've made it this far, thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed. But we'll probably be back on the rails next week, I'd imagine. That's probably but, um, wise. Yeah. yeah. 
maybe maybe this is what people want. Maybe we should yeah, that's delve, true. delve uh, further into be. our personal yeah. lives. Yeah. You get that parasocial relationship on the go. Yeah. Uh, start a small cult of some sort. Oh, God. Uh, Wrap it Patreon, up. Patreon, monetize up. it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right, sweet. Thank you very much, listeners. We'll see you next week. Of course, Faultline, RethinkResearch.biz. You can find our four-week free trials there. Rethink TV, our subscription research service. That's there, too. Lots of exec summaries. Rafi and I are plugging away on a big old spreadsheet. Um, so that'll be coming out soon. I think we got a multicast ABR webinar coming up next week. If you want to tune into that, um, uh, I think that's about it for calendars immediately. Um, but yes, we will see you next week, I'm sure. So take care, enjoy. Bye bye from me. Cheers, or Salanta. See ya.